bless the Lord, your God, forever and ever. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. Nehemiah 9.5 You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens with all their hosts, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The, ho- the host of heaven worships you. Nehemiah 9, 6. Any prayers and prayer requests? Aunt Sandy. I want to praise the Lord, too, for the program today. It was just mm-hmm. so nice. Mm-hmm. Appreciate all the young people and the young, young people. That was so good. And pray for the missionaries, please. Anybody else? Yeah, please pray especially for my daughter, Diane. She has to wear a heart monitor now. And... Mm. Uh, I think it has a lot, I could be wrong, but I think it has to do with a lot of them. They've got six foster boys, and they really need your prayers very much. Anybody else? Yes. Uh, I would like prayer for my daughter, Nancy, who is, uh, she has a uh, virus in her throat and, and that. And she has not been well for a little over a year. And uh, they now have her on oxygen day and night. Mm-hmm. And she said it's really helping. So, but just prayers for Nancy. Judy. Well, I have a praise to start with. Um, yesterday I got a call from... My husband, he said he wasn't feeling well, and he was on his way home. He was having some uh, chest pains, and he thought he needed to go into the emergency and get it checked. So um, we went in, and by the time we got in there, he was not having any more pain and everything, but they still ran tests and everything, and he was fine, so I didn't have to stress too long about that. Um, So I just praise God for that, that he was healthy. And then um, also... I got a message that Randy's brother, I think Charles, um, had a stroke this last week. And um, if we could pray for the family. It doesn't sound like he's doing really well. Randy didn't want to talk about it. Um, he was in a coma and stuff. So I'm not sure the condition he's in. But we need to um, lift up Randy and, and Delane and the family. And for the brother. Anybody else? 
Well, according to my bulletin, it's thank Raquel's you. birthday today, and I just wanted to thank God for you, Raquel, because your presence here, the cello, I don't know, you're just a sweet, beautiful person, and just want to thank God for you in our church. Maybe I am. Grandpa. Well, Marilyn and I just want to praise that the Forest Service said we can go back to our wonderful farm up in the woods. Uh, we don't have to live down here with you Flatlanders any longer. And, and um, a little side benefit, another praise was that the smoke kept the birds away and we have the best grape crop ever. Anybody else? Who's raising it? Now we're serving care groups. Um, we could remember in prayer tomorrow they have the health, um, impact your health at the Eugene Fairgrounds tomorrow and Monday. Today I think they're having um, some kind of a meeting or prayer time in that. So anyway, if we can remember them and come out to volunteer. Well, Judy, that is a nice thing that you want to put. Now let's separate four prayers.
Lord, help us be nice persons and helpful. Can you help our churches and let the people be nice and let the Pharisees know us and um, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this beautiful Sabbath. Thank you for our church family. Please be with this program and bless it. And be with each person who speaks in your name. Apologies for all the problems with our audio-visual part. Uh, Sandy and I have been looking at Nehemiah 8 over the last couple of weeks, and I've been very impressed with it. Uh, there's no way in 20 minutes you can uh, relay something that you've looked at and every time you look at it you find something else uh, that just seems to fit with our day today but Nehemiah 8 to me I think the bottom line is there was hope being raised up by the reading of the law of God and as we look at the story it's if you could visualize the captives of Israel returning from Babylon, they've built the wall around their city, and now they've been drawn together by Ezra and Nehemiah. And they're listening to the law of God. In, in, when you hear law of God, what comes to your mind? In one or two words, what pops into your mind when you hear the word law of God? Is it fear? Is it thankfulness? What is it that pops in your mind? Just a few words. Somebody. Condemnation. Ten commandments. Love. Morality. Protection. Sometimes the uh, law of God in my mind, maybe not sometimes, probably more than not, it gives me an idea that there's a big problem in that his law is perfect and I'm not. But as the people read, and, and I'm, I'm going to read Nehemiah 8, 1 through 10, but listen as the story is told how... Ezra blessed the Lord in the reading of the law and how all these different guys helped explain the law to the point where it brought them some sort of emotion to where they wept. Let's, let's read it together. Uh, I'll read it. I, I would like for you to follow along. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in the front of the water gate 
And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. Little longer than our worship service, I think. Before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose and beside him at his right hand stood, not going to attempt all the names, there's six guys on his right and seven guys on his left. And Ezra opened the book. That line is powerful. He opened the book. In ourselves, there's nothing. But in the opening of the book, that inspired word of God, there's power, hope, and gracious words. So Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. And he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. I think there was some reverence going on. (laughs) And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with the faces with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua, Bani, again, is 13 people, plus the Levites, helped the people understand the law. And the people stood in their place. Are you getting a picture of what's going on? To me, I see a picture of these guys that evidently have studied and studied and studied the law. They're standing up there as the law is being read and helping to interpret and get an understanding of the law. People stood in their places. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. I'm impressed that Ezra blessed the Lord. What do you think that was like? Ezra blessing the Lord. Let your imagination go where you want to with it. But as we do, I'd like for the praise team to sing 10,000 Reasons. All of us sing 10,000 Reasons. Bless the Lord, O my soul.
We were reading that um, we were reading that chapter that Doug just read. We were in Hawaii a long ways away, missing you guys terribly, because when we're in Hawaii, we're not on a vacation. We're a long ways away from everybody we love, and we were missing you bad. And we were reading this, and Doug said that song has to go with it. It has to go with it, because by now we've gone, this has to be community Sabbath. Somehow this has to be community Sabbath. And um, so I've been pondering... So now it's neat for me to be able to hear it sung. Did you like it? Did you like the song? Do you think it fit well with it? Could you picture those people blessing his name? And it, I, it was, I've had more time to ponder it. But the scripture that Nadia and Wesson just read, if you read that verse, it just fits that song almost, almost completely. So anyway, back to I've been contemplating this um, community Sabbath this past week and reading about it and I could never share all the stuff, and you'd be tired if I did, that has come out of it. But I'd like us to go back to the people all gathered together here, and they have been working hard to finish these walls. How many people have read the story? Have you guys read the story? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they've they're all been taken captive, and they've been in Jerusalem. They've been looking at the prophecies. They've been waiting, and not in Jerusalem. They've been in Babylon waiting and hoping for the time of release that they can finally come back. Finally, they get to come back. They're spread out through all over the place. They're speaking different languages even because of this time period. And some of them are more faithful. Some of them are not faithful. So they're quite a conglomeration. And then Cyrus is moved to make the decree that's prophesied, go back and build Jerusalem. They go back to build Jerusalem. They go back and they start the wall with Ezra. And what happens? They get shut down. Their hopes are dashed. First, they have to see their, their place just ruined, just destroyed. There's not even a wall around the city. Everything's beat up and broken down. And now they look at this and they go, we can do it. And then they get shut down by the king and they say, well, let's just do the best we can. They work on their own houses. And long comes Nehemiah, sent by God to say, we're going to build the wall. We can build the wall and we will build the wall. And their courage comes back to them. And they're building the wall 
but it's men, women, children. The devil is angry, and he stirs up Sanballat and Tobiah and all kinds of people to fight against him. And it's like, it's impossible. Without God, it would have never happened. But because of God, they get that, built, that wall built. All the neighboring tribes around them go, what on earth? We are in trouble. We are in trouble. I can't believe they built that wall. But they're exhausted. They've been literally staying up with one person holding the armor and the other guy building. They've been through, I don't know how many years that was, but it's been several years. Anybody know off the top of their head how many years that was? From Ezra to Nehemiah, we're talking, it's been several years. I don't know how many, but it's been years. Suffice it to say, it's been years. And here they are exhausted. Yeah, they're excited that it's built, but now they have to build now they have to build this big wooden structure up high so they can stand up on top of it and look out over the people. And when they're looking at the people behind them, what do they see? A bunch of rubble. There's rubble everywhere. But they've been there. They've worked on that wall. They saw that wall finished. They heard Nehemiah say, we can do it. We can do it. Through God's strength, we can do it. And that's ringing in their ears. They're very sincere people. Not everybody came out and came back down there to build it. It's a small group. They're looking around them. They're going, it's a huge job yet to take, build up all of these old wrecked up, burned up houses and to try to make, make sense of all this. But what keeps them going? What keeps them going? It's their belief in God. They know and they believe that God can bring them through. And so their belief in God carries them. And they build, and now the wall's built. And I'm thinking about this story, and I'm thinking, if you were Nehemiah, and you had all these people, these blessed, sincere, good Christian people, and they, and you now are looking at the rubble around, I think I'd call them together and say, let's have a work be and have a real good worship before it. Nehemiah doesn't do that. Instead, he says, we're going to celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacles, I believe. Is the, am I saying the right feast? I think I am. He said, we're going to have this big feast, and we're going to get up. He says he was impressed. He was impressed. We're going to get up, and we're going to read the law. Now, I don't know about you, but when I heard, I heard the responses you had for the law, I think a lot of you think like me. But if you wanted to pep me up and give me a pep talk, you wouldn't read me the Ten Commandments. Because it's overwhelming but this is what they do and it's for days if you read about what they did it's for days it's it's amazing and so I pondered and I asked God and I said why what am I missing because I made me think of somebody else it made me think of the children of Israel when they crossed the Red Sea they've just come out of slavery they're all beaten up they've been taken out and they're all beaten up also and and he says to them he says to Moses, take them to Mount Sinai. He gets them over to Mount Sinai. He gathers them around Mount Sinai, and he gives them his law, his Ten Commandments. I'm thinking, what? What am I missing? What is in this commandment that I'm not seeing? And then the light began to break in my mind. And I wish we had more time because there's so much beauty I have found this last week. I feel like I've had a week of prayer for my own personal walk with God. Because... What do broken people do? The people that have been hurt the worst, what do they do? They hurt other people. Had, had the Egyptians hurt the Israelites? They were their slaves. They beat them up and they killed them. 
They were horrible to him. Few people had been hurt worse than a slave. Um, and these people that were scattered all through Persia and everywhere, they were, they were beaten up as well. It was all different amounts, different places. Some of them were living somewhat comfortably. Other ones were house servants. They were doing different things. But again, they weren't, they weren't free to do with they, how they wanted to follow God and have go to the temple every week and be sucred by God. So broken people want to protect themselves. Yeah? If you've been hurt, you're going, okay, i got to protect myself so I don't get hurt again. Right? Isn't that what we do as humans? It kind of makes sense. They want to kill each other. They want to steal from each other. It amazes me when I hear about the looting that goes on after a natural disaster. Looting? When you're broken and you're beat up, it seems like you'd want to help each other. Instead, it's looting. Because everybody's going, i got to get something. i got to somehow take care of myself. They struggle on. And they want to have a God they can see. When they've been broken and they've been beaten. They need something visible. What did, the, what did the Egyptians, what did the children of Israel do at the bottom of the mountain? Whoa, whoa, Moses isn't here for a few days. I'm getting scared. We better build a God we can see. Because they did, their faith is broken. Everything about them is broken. And they struggle on trying to, human nature struggles on trying to be the strongest. And so here they are. Here is Ezra up on top there. He's read this to the people. And what is the response of the people? That's right. They start to weep. It sounds to me like they're weeping uncontrollably when you read about it. They're crying. They're weeping and weeping and weeping. Why are they weeping and crying? Have they seen their own hearts? Are they going, we are in so much trouble here. There's no way. There's no way. We can't do this. There's no way. We are, our fathers were bad, and look what happened to them. We've come back to rebuild this, and we have a bigger problem now than enemies. We have ourselves to deal with. We have ourselves to deal with. And they're weeping. They're weeping. And they lay, they, they're on the ground weeping. And Ezra, Ezra tells them, he says, right then in the middle of their, of their brokenness, he says, stop weeping. He says, stop weeping. Stop weeping. How can you help but weep? So here they are. But God has a bigger purpose here. He, he says, because God says, I've got all these slaves, all these people that are so beaten up and so hurt, and they're in this mentality that I want to protect them to. Me, myself, I want to protect them. But God has a better plan. He says, he reads in the law, he says, I'm going to show you a better way. And I'm not just going to show you a better way. I'm going to put it in the Bible so that everybody all the way to the end of time will know a better way. He says, I'm going to show you that I have a better way than for you to be beaten up, than for you to go out and try to beat up each other and, and steal from each other and take from each other. I have a better way. And so God goes to these beaten up people and says, you don't have to fight for your salvation because I'm about to give it to you. And he says, and that's what, when Ezra walks over there and he says, don't weep, stand up and rejoice in the Lord. And he says, the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. It's not going to be beaten on each other. It's going to be the joy of the Lord 
is going to be your strength. Henceforth, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And, and these people get up off of the ground, and they have great rejoicing. They have great rejoicing. Because they have seen that they are not powerful enough. They have been broken. And now God has raised them up in strength. And he said, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and I'll lift you up. The joy of the Lord is going to be your strength from here on out. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I'm struggling really bad because I'm looking at the clock and there's five minutes till 12. And we have a little activity to do. Do we, do we have, can we, can we go 15 after? Are we going to be okay if we, can you guys handle 15 after? Can you handle it? Praise the Lord because it's scaring me. Okay, so we need to do two groups. One group over here, one group here. And then the parents in the back, I'm going to give you one. It's a simple assignment. Don't get panicked. So... I have a commandment here for each of you, for each of your groups. Find yourself a scribe quickly, because I'm going to give you about eight minutes. Find yourself a scribe. Summarize the commandment. And look at what, well, you can read it. I think it's self-explanatory. I don't think I have to read every single one. I think I'll waste your time. So get in your group. Find yourself a scribe and a leader, and just go through the questions and answer them. You can answer them somewhat quickly. It won't take you terribly long. And then we're going to get back to there and we'll close it up. But I'll give you about eight minutes.
So how are we doing? Are we getting close? Okay, it looks to me like we're getting there. We're getting there. How close are we over here? Are you good? Oh, you guys. Praise the Lord. I got kind of panicky there because I realized I was running out of time. And I was afraid I was going to have to finish the sermon. And so I, I'm learning. Okay, so we need to report back. But I, I need my... First group, who's your spokesman over here? Who's your spokesperson? Julie, Julie just got elected, huh? Okay, which commandment do you have? And can we get a mic over here, possibly, Colby? Or somebody? We're going to need a mic. Okay, so which, which commandment did you have? The ninth commandment. Okay. Um, and that is bearing false witness against your neighbor. Okay. Um, misrepresentation, judgment, um, lies. That's kind of how we... Um, and what was, was that the temptation that you said that God was trying to protect us from? No. The temptation is that he is protecting us from self-exaltation. From self-exaltation. In what way? Um, like, so we always want to be better than someone else. We want, and we're all about selfishness and how we can get somewhere over somebody else. Okay. So that, so that it would make us, uh, that's why we would think we need to lie to try to look better than we are. Right. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> And what part of self-control is God advocating in this commandment? Um, keeping us from, like, gossiping or telling lies and bridling our tongues. So, Because that can cause a lot of trouble, right? Correct. Yeah. And contrast how society would look with or without this commandment. Well, so we thought maybe it would be as it is right now, but some of us do understand the commandments so we don't all so it 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 protects us from ourselves it protects us from ourselves but since we have it if we didn't have it it'd be way worse Mm -hmm. with it we'd be way better so i feel like somehow we're like meeting in the middle Mm -hmm. in the world that we live in and you kind of went with it to the place of where we're at in society now where you have both extremes right exactly and what did you what was the commandment as a do how did you write it 
Um, live in transparency, esteeming others. Thou shalt live in transparency, esteeming others. Beautiful. Very good. Thank you, guys. Pat yourselves on the back. Okay, in the back, who's the spokesman for the back group? <laughs> okay, Julie. Uh, uh, which commandment did you guys have? Keep God first. Which is that? Keep God first. Keep God first. And what was the temptation God was protecting us from? Being enslaved to other gods. Say it one more time. Being enslaved to other gods. Okay, okay. Particularly ourselves. Mostly ourselves. Oh, good, yes. very good. What part of self-control is he advocating this commandment? <clears throat> uh, we pretty much came down to it's all about self-control because we're lost unless we have the spirit. And if we don't have the spirit, we don't have self-control. That's good. So um, it says we put down, it keeps us from our own lusts. We have to have self-control to keep us from me or being self-focused. That's very good. And with or without, how does the contrast look like? Um, without, we would be selfish, me, 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 independent, and monopolized control. We focused on that, and we pretty much said that is society today. And we don't have a whole lot of law keepers in this. And one, what we would think. we be if we if we were doing it that way? We would be living peacefully and for each other, filled with God's love. Very good. And how did you rewrite it as a do? Do keep priorities straight. Do keep your priorities straight with God at the top, right? Very nice. Thank you guys so much. I'm really impressed you did that with children. Okay, and now this group over here. Who's your speaker? You can check it out. So who is your spokesperson? Me. Raquel. <laughs> Summarize. Oh, which commandment did you have? So we had the fourth commandment, and it was keeping the Sabbath day holy. Can you turn just a little bit? I'm having trouble here. I can talk closer. Oh, that's better. Uh, keeping the Sabbath day holy. Okay. So the fourth commandment. And what's the temptation that God is protecting in this commandment? We had several. Um, so we, the main one, of course, was work. You know, overworking, um, think, and also to think that we're doing it all by ourselves, that we're self-sufficient, we're just going to keep going all the time. Um, self, activities that pull us away from Jesus, and tempted to forget him and the commandment itself. Yeah. That's good. That's very good. What part of self-control is God advocating in this commandment? So he's trying to keep us from uh, materialism to be all about what we can get, you know, from our work and our, you know, what we can from do. From materialism. Yeah. Um, keep, keeping us from uh, worshiping God, letting work consume our lives. So this commandment, it kind of makes us pause from life and focus on God. Mm -hmm. Keep us from destroying ourselves. Mm -hmm. Good. And contrast it with or without? So it's kind of similar, you know, to that. So we said with, there would be less stress. There would be more peace and harmony, um, better physical health. Um, and then uh, we also said uh, it would bring selflessness, and we would always be trying to help others because it would kind of refocus us into, oh, it's not all about work. Yeah, it's about, you know, what can we do for other people? Um, and Very you can good. see that in society, you know. Yes. Because when you have a day off, like Sabbath is, is just kind of 
fills you up again. Yes. And like when you work with people that don't ever stop, they're just so worn down. Yes. And they're just like, oh, you just need a break, you know, and it's just, I really mean, you good. see the difference. You really know. good point. So without, that's what, what it was, you know, um, confusion, we said uh, it would be disorder, um, chaos, contradiction. Sure. And so what was your rewrite? So it was it was really no rewrite because it says remember. So do remember the Sabbath. So it, we just kind of kept it the same. It said remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So uh, in other words, what we were saying uh, was um, love the Lord thy God. That's kind of what this commandment Comes is. back to loving back the to Lord thy God with all thy heart. Which is what Jesus said. Yes. Yeah. And when Jesus was on the earth and they asked him what's the greatest commandment, he said... Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and thy neighbor as thyself. It's all summed up. And it's God's rule for humanity, but it's bigger than just for humanity. It's to save our souls. It's beautiful, isn't it? Isn't it beautiful? Is it kind of exciting? Did you, get, did you catch that it was beautiful? Okay, cool. You better say you did or I'll keep talking. <laughs> okay. At this time, the, the praising is going to come. We want to end with that song. Oh. 10,000 Reasons. And any of the, the kids that want to sing with us, it'd be nice.
Nehemiah 8, 10, and verse 12. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those whom have nothing, whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And all the people went their way to eat and drink. And to send portions and rejoice greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Yeah. 